Welcome to Fuel for Today, curated audio content from Pastor Bogdan Kipko. We are confident this will fuel your faith in the one who gives faith. If you have breath in your lungs, God has a plan for your life, a plan that is far better, bigger, and immensely more than anything you have ever imagined. Let's get practical. I want to give you guys four characteristics of highly spiritually mature people. These are the people that got it. It clicked. They understand. If I want God's blessing, I need to put myself in the pathway of God's blessings. So number one, write this down, please, if you can. Number one, highly spiritually mature people. Number one, they forgive quickly. Okay? They forgive quickly. Ephesians 4.32 says this. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. Here's the thing, friends. When we're denying forgiving other people, we're denying God to bless us. When we're denying forgiving other people, we're saying that, Jesus, your work on the cross was nullified. When we deny to forgive people, what we're doing is we're drinking poison and and wanting the other person to die. And friends, a forgiven debt does not exist. You guys with me? If I've forgiven somebody... I'm done with it, right? Finito. I'm not bringing it up in a text message. I'm not trying to bring it up in a conversation. I've forgiven the person. I've given it to Jesus. Now, some of you are listening. You're like saying, well, how, how often do I have to uh, forgive? Well, it's actually pretty often. Uh, we read uh, the story of what Jesus told uh, uh, Peter when he told him that you don't forgive somebody seven times, but seven, 77 times. And you guys know the parable of the master who, was for, uh, who forgave one of his servants so much, yet the servant came out and then barely forgave anything to somebody else. So we must be people who forgive quickly. Now let's talk about forgiveness, okay? Um, usually, when you, when you need to forgive somebody, it's because you were offended, okay? There's three things about being offended. Number one, being, getting offended is inevitable, okay? Let's just agree with that. We're going to get offended. Somebody's going to say something to us we didn't like. Somebody's going to look at us like we didn't like for them to look at. And we're going to get offended. What do we do? We forgive quickly. Why? Because I want to be in the pathway of God's blessing. Why? Because that's where the joy is. Why? Because that's what Jesus said. If I want to experience joy in Christ and joy in my relationships, I'm going to forgive quickly. So number one, getting offended is... Inevitable. Number two, getting offended is a choice. Getting offended is a choice. If somebody does something to me that I don't like, I have two options. I can be mad at them, give them the silent treatment, stonewall them, not talk to them, or I can just forgive them. Okay? I'm not saying that whatever the person did to me is right. They will be held responsible. But being offended is a choice. You and I make a choice every single time we choose to be offended. And when we choose to be offended, when we choose not to forgive quickly, we're taking a, we're going off course, off of this field that we need to be plowing in order to experience God's blessing. So the first thing, uh, the first characteristic of uh, people that are highly spiritually mature, they forgive quickly. I want to challenge us to be people that forgive others as Jesus Christ forgave us. Some of you say, you know what? I got offended horribly. People did horrible things to me. I agree. There, that might have happened. But there's nothing that has ever been done to me or to you worse than what has been done to our Savior, Jesus Christ. Because of our sin, Jesus Christ was murdered. He was put on the cross, yet Jesus still loves us. Is it going to be tough to forgive people? Is it going to be painful? Absolutely. But whoever said plowing a field is going to be easy? 
right? Paul himself, in his epistles, said, I worked harder than everyone else. Paul was a hard worker. Paul worked day and night. Paul did a lot for God. That's why he said, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. I've never seen somebody who's fearing and trembling and not working hard. Those are two completely opposite things. So the Christian life is going to take some effort. But trust me, please, that the treasure is so worth it. Jesus is so worth it. So the first thing that highly spiritually mature people do is they forgive quickly. Second thing is they practice generosity frequently. Okay? They practice generosity frequently. They take their time and they invest it into something that's going to give them eternal rewards. And they say, you know what? I'm going to put my time into a church. I'm going to lead a community group. I'm going to be in the worship team. I'm going to come to church. I'm going to pray for the church. I'm going to tithe to church. I'm going to be generous because ultimately anything you and I have, it's not ours, it's God's. And the ironic thing about the Old Testament is when the Israelite nation was doing the sacrifices to God, they were sacrificing the animals, right? What were they doing? They basically were just giving back to God what he owned in the first place. When we read the passage from Isaiah, God basically said, look, I own everything anyway, even the animals and everybody else already worships me. So when we sacrifice, we're not doing anything more than what we should be doing already if we're followers of Jesus. You guys with me? So I believe that generosity is so important. Now, we use our time, our talents for God. And here's what Malachi 3.10 says, one of my favorite verses. Malachi 3.10, here's what the Bible says. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. Other translations say, I want to give you a blessing that is abundantly more than you ever even imagined. Back to the field, we're plowing. How can we get God's blessings? We forgive quickly. How can we experience God's, God's provision? We're generous frequently. Now, when we talk about tithing, we, we talk about the um, Old Testament says we need to give 10% to God or to your local church. A lot of times people ask me, if, you, if you've ever worked in any um, employment area, you've all seen your paychecks, okay? And on the paycheck, there's two areas. There's a gross that you made and there's a net, okay? You guys know what I'm talking about, right? Now, a lot of people ask me, they're like, hey, um, I want to tithe to church my 10%. I'm like, that's awesome. I think God ex wants exactly that. And people ask me, well, should I tithe my gross 10% or my net 10%? To that I say, well, how do you want God to bless you, on your gross or on your net? What kind of blessing do you want from God? It's very, very simple. And so what happens is the Bible promises us these kinds of blessings. It's not our money to begin with. And very often, people don't experience a financial stability in some sort of area in their life because they don't give to God what's rightfully His. Begin doing that. And the Bible says that. The Bible says, test me, the Lord God says. Test me. And, and I, would, I would take him on his word. I would take him on his word because that, I know that the, the Bible is true. And I think that people very often don't experience God's blessing because they are too busy hanging on to that which is not theirs in the first place. That's what happens. So if you want to have an amazing 2015, I don't know exactly how God's going to bless you. Remember, plowing the field. I don't know when your ship is going to come in. I'm not guaranteeing it ever will. But I know that you'll experience joy and pleasure while you're plowing that particular field. 
And so what I would say is this, don't give 10% when you have a lot and it's easy to give. Give 10% when you have nothing and it's almost impossible to give. That's how God wants to test you. There's countless examples in the Old Testament and in the New Testament where people gave all that they had when they had absolutely nothing. And true faith for you and for me is tested when we have nothing, yet we still give something. And so we need to be people who are generous because everything we have, it's not ours to begin with. And a lot of people say, well, why am I giving money to God? He already has all the money in the world. I'll just keep my own. The point is this. You're not giving money for God. You're giving money so that God can do a great work, work through your life. It's not necessarily about God. It's about you. Because what happens is when we put money in the tithing or offering or we're, when we're generous with our resources, it's God testing your heart to see, do we own our money or does the money own us? Are we worshiping our wealth or are we worshiping with our wealth? You guys with me? It's two totally separate things. So 2015, characteristics of highly spiritually mature people. Number one, forgive quickly. Number two, um, practice generosity often. It's very important. How do we do that? We go into the pathway of God's blessing. We go into the pathway of God's blessing. And number three, characteristic of people that are spiritually mature and they experience a blessing from God is they believe audaciously. They have strong faith. And they believe when nobody else believes. And there's a story in the, the New Testament in John chapter 20 where Jesus is talking with his disciples. And one of them named Thomas, he wasn't with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. Here's what he says. Unless I see the hands, unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here, see my hands, and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. Blessed are those who have not seen but yet believed. So we're on our field. We're plowing. Scarecrows, rodents, ditches, you know, big rocks all over the place. But we know that the treasure is there. And we're experiencing joy while we're working out our salvation. And we're going forward, not because to get something, but because we've already received something in Jesus Christ. And we believe, we have audacious faith. And I challenge you and me for 2015 to do things that scare people in terms of the faith that you have. There's nothing that God cannot do. The Bible says nothing is impossible to Jesus Christ. And people who are experiencing the most God's blessings are people who step out in audacious faith. They say, you know what, it doesn't make sense, but I trust God. He will see to it that I will experience the blessing. And we need to be people who have that kind of audacious faith. So we forgive quickly. We practice generosity frequently. We believe audaciously. And number four, last but not least, characteristic of a highly spiritually mature person. They work on progress daily. They work on progress daily. Here's what Paul said to the Corinthians. He said, by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me was not in vain. 
On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is within me. I recently heard a pastor share this illustration. I really liked it, so I'm going to steal it and share it now. If you're stealing like that, it's okay, um, for the betterment of everyone. So he had, a, um, he had a guy come up to him after a sermon, and the guy's like, look, um, and, and he's been saying this to him for like, for like years. He comes up to him and he says, you know what, can you please um, pray uh, for one of my, one of my parents that, that doesn't yet know Jesus? And he's been doing this for like two or three years, asking him to pray, asking him to pray. And the pastor did something very shocking. He said, no, I'm not going to pray for your parents. And the guy's like, well, why not? And so he's asking him, he's like, how many times did you invite your parents to church or did actually something tangible in order to bring them to Christ? He's like, well, I really never even thought of that. I just wanted you to pray for them. So what the pastor said, I'm not going to pray for them. What I will pray for is for you to have the courage to go back to your folks, to invite them to church, and to bring them to church, and to see if they will meet Jesus and experience salvation in him. This is why people who are highly spiritually mature, number four, they continue progressing daily. It's not perfection. It's progress. Paul said, I work harder than any of you. And Paul was the grace guy. Paul constantly talked about that it's all of grace. And here's what happens to you and to me. Here's what Paul says. Paul says, I worked harder than any one of you, but it was not me who was working. It was grace. The more you and I are plowing in that field, the more effort we're putting in there, the more God comes to us, put his, infuses our effort with his grace, and the more blessing that you and I experience. It's a very simple concept. So if you're listening, you're saying, you know what, there's certain areas in my life that I want to experience a sensational blessing. I want to have an amazing marriage. I want to have great relationships with people. I want to impact my workplace. I want to be somebody who's a pleasant person. I want my finances to get in order. How do I do that? You practice characteristics of highly spiritually mature people. And what are they? We forgive quickly. We practice gener generosity often. We believe audaciously. And number four, we make sure we experience progress on a daily basis. There should not be a day that goes by that you don't do an inventory of how you live that day. And to think to yourself, is there areas in my life that I have improved? Am I showing Jesus to people more often than I did not? And this is why I love that Paul says that he didn't say grace made his work unnecessary. He said that God's grace made his work possible. That's the difference. for listening to this curated audio content from Pastor Bogdan Kipko. We hope that you were encouraged and inspired by this message. Bogdan is personally convinced that whatever fills your mind fuels your life. It is his life goal to help you faithfully follow Jesus. For more information, please visit fuelforlife.tv.